Hey, how you doing? We are in Tallahassee today and I am meeting with my new friend, Sierra. We're here to talk about a few things. I wanted to talk to her about some candidates in a forum that she was addressing. Um, I wanted to, to talk about the definition of defunding the police or reallocating the funds of the police. But something grabbed my attention that you were working on just today and it was this Albert Chester thing and it bugs me. <laughs> and so I just want yeah. to get it out there. I want I want people in the area to know what this guy is and more nationally I want I want other candidates to be on notice that they can be called out as well. Can you give me just a, a something brief on what's going on with Albert Chester? Who is he and why is why are we saying his name all of a sudden? Absolutely. Um, so Albert Chester is a candidate for Congress for CD5, which is the Jacksonville and Tallahassee area. Um, he was running on a more progressive platform, which a lot of us um, in Tallahassee were happy to see. Um, he supported Medicare for All and the Green New Deal and things like that. But I, along with a few other of my friends, um, have been trying to dig into candidates and into all of their platforms. And so we started digging into Albert Chester, going through his social media and other posts of that nature. And what we found was disturbing. Um, as recently as 2019, Albert Chester made posts that were transphobic and homophobic. He Going back in his Facebook even more, um, we found posts that were misogynistic. We found posts that were deeply fundamentalist and um, so much to the point that he referred to being gay as akin to devilish behavior mm. and um, a sin. And not only that, but he often touts this idea of holistic medicine on his Facebook oh, without no. giving context for it, which is not a thing that someone who is a pharmacist should be doing. Agreed. He would post things, um, you know, saying like, this root can cure cancer, which I mean, maybe, um, oh. but that is not something that a medical professional or a licensed person should be posting on Facebook without extra information, um, especially to people who may be reading it, who may not have access to education and access to different articles to understand that what he's saying is not the full truth, which right. in a roundabout way is a very classist thing to do. Um, and there's just a lot, so it's too much to all get into. Um, we do have um, a Google Doc that I can send you, which is like a dossier of basically just his Facebook posts. Um, you know, we don't make any assumptions with it. Um, and I think that anyone reading these posts as a collective can see what we're talking about. Um, and we, we always urge people to do their own evidence, to do their own fact checking. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they can obviously go to the Twitter account or the Facebook account and they can find the stuff for themselves. We're just making it easier by letting them know that it is there on these spots so they don't have to search Absolutely. the entire web. And can Absolutely. I just, I want to, I want to ask a slightly rude question because I'm, I'm new to Florida is, mm -hmm. is, is Albert Chester what Florida would call a progressive or is, is this a new trend of 
more conservatives painting themselves as progressives or Democrats just just to get into a position to become conservatives again? I think you hit a nail on the head. Um, I cannot speak for all of Florida, of course but um, I have noticed, at least in Tallahassee, in more than one race, we have had party switchers and people running as progressives in, but who are Republicans simply in progressive clothing. And right. it's a scary phenomenon. And Albert Chester, if you look at his Facebook media, shows and talks about no progressive ideas until he ran. Hmm. I can only draw lines in the sand and I can only draw conclusions, but I would say that it is not absurd to say that people are taking advantage of this movement of progressive ideas in American society right now um, and are basically doing it for social media clout. And um, they're not, they're not doing it for, and their policies don't back it up. Um, okay. You will even see moderate Democrats who've been centrist moderate Democrats who call themselves progressive. For instance, Al Lawson, who has a history of having to be dragged left, like, mm. and who like, has fought progressive ideas tooth and nail um, for him to make votes on it, is now being claimed by his supporters that he's super progressive, which I don't think anyone who has to be dragged to be progressive should get that label. Agreed. I just, I'm wondering if, if Florida is so conservative that, that, that the center Republican seems like a radical (laughs) progressive and hey, Florida, it isn't. Trust me on that. The rest of the world is not as backwards as most of Florida is. So it just amazed me here that, that yes, that, that the progressive ideas are, I'm so happy I found you because up until this moment, I've been seeing progressives that were 90 years old and speaking about Republican issues as if they're progressive and, and they're just not. And the the Republican uh, ship is sinking and it's kind of, Mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting to see where all the rats are going. (laughs) You know what I mean? They have to survive in Florida somehow, but this isn't progressive, not even not even in a conservative way is is a lot of this Florida stuff progressive and hiding Absolutely. it isn't going to work. So I really appreciate what you're doing to draw attention to this, you know? And, you know, I do live in Tallahassee and Tallahassee is a little blue bubble um, surrounded by red. And so we may have more real progressives in Tallahassee than the rest of Florida. Um, okay. But it is definitely like, something that like i'm sure occurs on all of florida but a trend that does happen in tallahassee is that republicans will switch the democratic party because they know they can't win in tallahassee as a republican and so we do have a lot of republicans and democrat and in progressive clothing and it's not okay no and I, I want to say that a lot of a lot of the situation that is now is because people aren't proactive like you. I've, I've been saying for decades we've been we've been ignoring these these smaller 
races, the council meeting, you know, the, the councils and the aldermen. And we've just been, we've been, we've been ignoring them, hoping they would do what we want, but then we complain about the results. And I always say, go to a council meeting. If you really want to make a change, start attending these things. And, and you're actually doing this and it's so exciting. And I want to promote that. I want everybody to be proud that they, they took the time not to pick it as well, unless they're going to as well be proactive within the system to change it. You can't change a system by yelling at it. Sometimes you got to get in there. You know what I mean? Nope, absolutely. Um, yeah, change starts at home and getting involved on a local small level is yeah. exactly how that change starts. And corruption can be found even in small city levels. There's a reason that the FBI was involved in Tallahassee's city commission and our city government not even like a year ago um there are things going on in tallahassee that are nefarious and there are politicians being funded in tallahassee who are not here for the people and there is a shift in tallahassee between candidates who are finally running for the people who will listen to the people and candidates who listen to money and developers and the GOP machine. Yeah. Tallahassee is being urbanized pretty quickly to become a bigger city than, yeah. than it is. And I've noticed that in just the year that I've been here. And with gentrification and without any regard for the people who live in those neighborhoods, That's their right. voice is being silenced. Right. But again, I want to say that their voice is being silenced I mean, these, these politicians are getting away with this because people have ignored them for so long. And yes, and yeah. I like that. So I like this and I want to draw attention to the things that I want to draw attention to good candidates for a minute. And just you, yes. you, you had posted about the TCAC um, city commission forum on police oversight and you, you posted mm -hmm. about some candidates and I want to get, I want to get positive a minute about a couple of them. And I called you Trish in our first note and I couldn't figure out why. And, but that's because you posted about Trish Brown and she's up for seat two. What do you know about her? Yeah. Can you, is there anything you can tell me about her? Yeah, I could tell you a lot about Trish Brown. Trish yeah. Brown is actually um, the, uh, the organization that you just mentioned, which is TCAC, which is Tallahassee Community Action Committee. They are a group of local black led activists in the Tallahassee community who have been leading um, a lot of our Black Lives Matter and um, our protests and fights against uh, police brutality. Um, Tallahassee is overseen by, um, the TPD department is overseen by a man named Lawrence Revel, who in 1996 murdered an innocent black man. And under his watch in the last year, three people have been murdered. Um, and they have not been arrested. They have, the cops have not been arrested. The cops have refused to release the body cam footage of those. And the city commission has refused to condemn them for that or to fire Chief Rebel. Mm -hmm. um, and Trish Brown, as long as a, several other uh, candidates for city commission are running to change that and to change the fact that the city commission and the commissioners on the city commission do not listen to the voices of the people. Mm -hmm. um, and so Trish Brown is running against the incumbent, um, Curtis Richardson, who has a history of not listening to his constituents and has a history of being police friendly. Trish Brown um, 
would like to see the police defunded, which um, I'm sure we'll touch on that later, really means yeah. reallocation of funds. Um, TCAC is also pushing the city commission for community control of the police, given that TPD in Tallahassee gets 60 million of our tax dollars. There is absolutely no reason that we as the community shouldn't have a say so in how that money is spent exactly. and what they do with that money. That's um, right. And that's the idea of community control of police. Um, and for seat two, that's why I have been supporting uh, Trish Brown because she will listen to the people and especially in regards to police violence, um, the people's voice needs to be heard on that. All right. Well, we support Trish Brown too. I, I think I love her. I like this. This is great. And then how about this? Uh, I don't know how to say his name. Jerry? Jerry Sia? Sia? So Jerry Say is also an excellent candidate for C2. Um, unfortunately, what is happening in C2 is that we have two great candidates and one not great candidate, which would be the incumbent. Um, yeah. Jerry Say is a local professor and she also wants to talk to the people and um, have the people's voice be heard on the city commission. I personally am supporting Trish Brown because um, she is more involved in uh, local activism. And I think that um, I think that activist voices deserve to be heard okay. on the city commission. That's not to say that I don't think that Gary Say would also be an excellent replacement for Curtis Richardson because she would. Sure. But um, I personally, and it was a tough decision, um, had decided to back uh, Trish Brown on that. Okay. Um, I will say that on seat one, the only candidate who showed up um, for TCAC's form was a woman named Jack Porter. And I am in full support of Jack Porter, who is also running to speak to the people and to have the people's voices heard. Jack Porter's campaign is entirely funded by, on average, a $50 donation of a regular Tallahassee citizen, whereas her opponent, Elaine Bryant, is funded by developers and special interests who bundle their donations by donating through Super um, their shell corporations yeah. and having the husband and the wife and the brother and the sister all donate. Um, uh, I gotcha. And it's just not a great situation. And Jack Porter is, um, she has a graduate degree um, in urban and regional planning, and she knows exactly how to help Tallahassee grow in a way that doesn't cause gentrification and right. doesn't hurt the people. Um, sure. We have two fabulous women running to have the people be heard on the city commission and the incumbents, they really need to go. Okay. And I just want to say that it, it, what you're talking about is Tallahassee building these big high rises and places for people with money to live, but it's taking away from the resources of the poorer communities and you're giving tax breaks exactly. to these developers and they're making money hand and fist, but yet none of that, none of that money is helping the overall community. It seems to be in one location and that's, that's gentrification. And just, just to help people know about this stuff, you know, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And sometimes they're doing it on city land. Um, which a couple like eight, maybe a year or two ago there was a big thing where so we have this place in Tallahassee called Frenchtown and it's a historically black neighborhood okay. and um going back like way back um yeah. in Florida history 
And um, Frenchtown had been asking the city commission for this parcel of land to be, um, that they could put a community center on it or an open air market or this thing or that thing. Um, okay. And they've been asking for years. And what happened is that the city sold that parcel of land to a big developer to put a giant building for student housing for college kids to move into. Right. Which right away, like, may not cause gentrification. But what happens is that when those kids move into that area and when that building gets moved into that area, the property taxes go up. So yes. the little old lady who's been able, who's been living in her house for 50 years, who, like, has her set amount of money to pay for her mortgage mm -hmm. every month. She right. now can't afford to live in her own house. And now she has to leave. And right. that's identification. And that, that, that also includes resources such as food, where the food prices go up because that's, that's inflation. P people can afford more, so they pay more for the products, but not everybody can afford it. It's not going up across the board. So rich people pay more for stuff and poor people can't, and they get left out. Absolutely. It's disgusting, by the way. And that's exactly what's happening. Right. Yeah. And it happens on these micro these micro issues and the micro mm -hmm. levels. And so nobody really sees the, the bigger picture of this happening. And they don't understand they don't understand why suddenly um you know, in Tallahassee there's the good side and there's the bad side. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's the and there's two sides to it. And I'm just learning about this. I'm not. I'm not informed on it, but I know that there's a, a side of Tallahassee you don't go to. <laughs> but there's a reason for that because resources aren't allocated. They're not allocated proportionately, and so it causes these divides. It's not. It's not. It's not race that's causing these divides. It's. It's the politics of it all that causes these divides. And until we can unify as a people and realize that Americans have a stronger voice than separate demographics then Absolutely. we're going to stay like that and progressives progressives like you are trying to make this equal and even and I, Absolutely. I i respect that because you're not just doing things for yourself you're doing it for the greater good and the greater community and that i think is Everybody. what's most important to highlight and spotlight and we could talk we could talk every day if you wanted just to get this message out there because it's it's yeah. crazy it's it's great like the green new deal like you mentioned it's crazy to think that we would turn down a market that would employ people and create create an industry that we would be known for simply because mm -hmm. gas and coal and oil is still coming out of the ground you know what i mean mm -hmm. it's it's ridiculous to me so i i appreciate your views and stuff you did you did mention bill Sheck, right but i don't know why you mentioned him <laughs> well i mentioned him i mentioned him only because he bill Sheck is a republican and he is a conservative and okay. he he was more willing to speak to the people than the incumbent Curtis Richardson, who's a Democrat, hmm. and um, who you would think would have more open views, and he would be more willing to speak to the people. Right, um, right. And I just find it interesting that a Republican who clearly disagrees with TCAC on issues of um, police funding and police brutality and the role of police in society was willing to show up and talk to TCAC and a bunch of activists when like he obviously knew it wasn't his room like right. you know um but he was at least willing um and 
that just goes to show how much the incumbent um, needs to go um, because it is the incumbent's responsibility to be accountable to the people. Um, Agreed. Curtis Richardson did not do, do that. Um, and it's not okay. I agree. That that's that's where the divide is. If people want to know what's wrong with politics, it's the fact that people aren't allowed or don't interact with it. And I'll stand by that statement. If you ignore something long enough, it's going to turn into a disaster, which it has. And we're, we're working on fixing it. But sometimes it takes just as long to fix something as it does to break it. And, but mm-hmm. we gotta, we got to go hard to make that as quick as possible. And so do it across the board. Exactly. You know, hold everybody accountable. Yes. And I, so I love the fact that a Republican would stand up for his views. I always say stand up for your views, you know, and your convictions and, and just stand by them. And if, if you don't believe somebody else, at least understand that they're doing the same thing. I don't like this idea of a Curtis Richardson hiding because he's mm-hmm. not who he, he's not who he wants to represent himself as. If you can't speak your truth, you do things like hide. You know what I mean? Exactly. And it should be, we should all, every politician should be held accountable to the people. We don't work for them. They work for us. Yes. And I think people are forgetting that, but we pay, I was just telling my friend, I'm sorry, on a tangent, we, we, as Americans pay to subsidize uh, the ACA, but currently Mm -hmm. we're also paying to defend it as well as dismantle it, as well as the court proceedings involving it. So not only are we paying to prop it up and, and build it and grow it and keep 20 million people on, on insurance, we're also paying for the prosecutors to fight against it and try and dismantle it. And it's, we're paying for all of that. We're paying for, yep. for this president to go golfing for $2 million a visit. We're, we, we, you and I, are, we're paying for that. And that money has, mm-hmm. it's not going where it needs to go. We're, we're not, Absolutely. It's, it's not, it's not going where it needs to go. And people just seem to think that it's, I don't know. I don't know where they think the money is coming from. You know, that these, these deficits are a payday loan. They're a giant payday loan. And my mm-hmm. my seventeen year old niece is going to get a job and be paying the rest of her life for this tax cut that just went through in this term, yeah. you know. And that's disgusting to me that she's going to have to pay because some millionaires wanted some money. <laughs> yep. So absolutely. You did touch on defund the police, and it's aggravating me that they're using that term to disparage it. And I think that I think that even police officers think they have too much on their plate. And I, I, I think, I think, um, higher ups in management might want to keep that money, but I think police officers don't want to be wiping babies' butts and, you know, taking care of these mental issues that a professional could take care of. So what, what does this mean defund the police to you, to you? Well, it means different things to me, but I think that the best way to describe defunding the police to people so that they really fundamentally understand what it is, um, is that defunding the police is simply reallocating funds to people who are more equipped to handle certain things. So for example, police get called for almost everything. Mm -hmm. And 
they are not necessarily, they do not necessarily have the training to handle people who may be having a mental crisis because they have a disability or because they have a mental disorder or because they um, are just having a mental breakdown. There are social workers and mental health professionals and all kinds of people who are more equipped to handle these things and do. I mean, like, talk to any nurse in an ER in, like, in a big city, and they'll tell you how they, like, had to handle someone losing their mind being their little old self. And, like, they managed not to shoot anyone somehow. So, um, you know, um, and social workers managed not to shoot everyone anyone every day and teachers manage not to shoot anyone every day right um you don't need a you don't need a gun to get a cat out of a tree exactly exactly um and it's it's just america where there this is an issue police in plenty of other um developed nations have roles where they are able to focus on the like real tough crime where they are able to focus on the murderers and the rapists and the um the people who are actively endangering and harming society and the other money is spread out in places where more money is put into education more money is put into social programs more money is put into little programs like community centers and giving kids things to do and things to busy themselves and community like garden initiatives and just things there's so many things that could be done in every city budget where the money could be moved into to help we could put more money into housing we could put more money into um more social programs and mental health programs. And, um, you know, in Tallahassee, we recently had um, a person, um, a trans man named Tony was murdered by the police um, a few months ago. And Tony is the person who has lived a very difficult life of transphobia and hate and who very clearly after getting jumped by like a group of people and beaten went on Facebook live and was having like this depressing and like heartbreaking mental breakdown. He was clearly not in a place where like he was okay. And instead of sending someone to help him and arrest him and bring him in for the charge they believed he had committed, Hmm. they shot him. He was shot from all witness accounts, in the back, with no warning, the cop jumped out of the car and shot him in the middle of the road. The cops have refused to release that name of that officer. They've claimed that Marcy's law protects the officer, which is just not true. It's not true. um, Because that's a wrong interpretation of the law. And if even Bill Shack in the TCAC thing mentioned that if there was more funding, who was a Republican, Bill Shack mentioned this, he said if there was a, more funding for mental health services, maybe Tony McDade would not have gotten murdered. And yeah. I absolutely believe that, um, that 
if we had had more systems in place and if it hadn't been the police who had to go there, right. we could have avoided so many travesties. If Tony had had a place to go instead of Facebook Live, maybe he would have gotten exactly. some support and help. That's, mm -hmm. that's a shame to me. I want to know more about that. Yeah, it's um, it's a very complicated situation, and there's there's a lot more to it. But um, you know, I think that just in general, in society, all defunding the police means is redistributing funds to make it so that police don't need to be so jumpy and hmm. so stressed and so agitated that they make mistakes that end up in deaths. Right. And, and I think that if, you know, we move funding into better funding our schools, into better funding community programs, I think that'll make all the difference in the world. And you know right. what, like, let's try it. And if it doesn't work, let's try something else. Like, yeah. I don't understand the harm in trying something new because we've been trying this for years Forever, most yeah. police police organizations were started as organizations tpd was started as an organization to catch people who run who ran away from enslavement right that is why tpd was originally started and uh, it just the whole organization of police do need to be like better trained and all of that, but more importantly, they don't need to be militarized. They don't need to be showing up in riot gear to right. a peaceful protest in Tallahassee, Florida, which they did only a few weeks ago. Right. Um, and it's... It, it's it just, gives this I, perception that the peaceful protests are something other than peaceful. When you're showing up exactly. in riot gear, you're, you're kind of, you're, you're projecting that. And that's not, just not true. These these protests are peaceful. I had one just down the street by the Publix by me, and I didn't even know it existed. You know what I mean? Because it was peaceful. <laughs> I would I would yeah. have I would have walked up and joined it. So. And we've been having extremely peaceful ones, and like COVID friendly ones too. Like I I've been socially isolating still because um, you know my family were privileged enough that like both my husband and I can work from home, um, and so That's I haven't. Great gone to the protests where i'm in the street but most of the protests in town include a car caravan so okay. cars drive behind the protesters with signs and we like take up the block um I love that. by using cars in our bodies and right. um it's incredible and by the way nobody's nobody's giving you attention when you when you bring these issues up and so that's why this grows into a protest you're just trying to get attention exactly. you're not trying to cause devastation if there's any devastation being caused it's from different groups trying to make you look bad and that's going on around Absolutely. the country that's that's not just a Tallahassee thing i think people Absolutely. are people are scared you know <laughs> I, I don't know yeah. why though. We're all just people. I really appreciate you being here. You know, is there, is there, is there any groups or people that you want to give a shout out to before we wrap up? Um, well, I would give a shout out to, um, for public defender for Tallahassee. I would 100% vote for Andy Thomas, um, who is a lifelong workhorse Democrat who has been working on incremental change in 
the very messed up uh, criminal justice system in Tallahassee for years. His opponent, Jessica Yuri, is a was a Republican until 2016. She switched, which I found suspicious. Um, I also found it suspicious that her campaign is funded by top Rick Scott officials. Um, she has several thousand dollar donations from people in the Rick Scott administration. She also, when I interviewed her, I asked her to tell me if she was able, if she voted for George W. Bush, to which she stumbled and was able to choke out, I don't remember. Oh, no. And if you can't remember that you voted for George W. Bush, someone who the United Nations has called a war criminal, right? I, I'm a little suspicious of that. Um, and, you know, I'm only 25 and I've only voted in a few elections, but I remember everyone my parents ever voted for. Right. Maybe I'm an anomaly. It's easy when you're consistent in your truth, though. Exactly. And Andy Thomas was able to tell me every Democrat he's ever voted for, starting with um, with Carter. So I see no reason to unseat a progressive, hardworking Democrat to someone who claims to be a progressive, but is really just a Republican in progressive clothing. Right. Um, that being said, I would also shout out to... Um, Tiffany Baker for judge. Um, she is a PD. I think that we need to have more judges who are experienced in public defenders because defending because I think it makes them more compassionate. Agreed. She also um, has, from what I could tell, no nefarious Republican funding and has the least amount of Republican funding as compared to her other candidates. Um, Nina Moody, who a lot of people like is a Republican um, who's also running in that race. So I would not support Nina. I would support Tiffany Baker. And then in the other judge race, um, we absolutely have to dump Dempsey. Dempsey, Angela Dempsey has a history of ruling against citizens in extremely strong and almost over the top ways. She once sentenced a teenager who broke into his old foster home because he needed a place to sleep to eight years in prison. Wow. She is, and I, I, I could, I, we could, we could have a whole podcast on Angela Dempsey. So I don't want to get too much into it, but she is also funded by several nefarious um, Republican entities. And she has a history of ruling against the people in going for very harsh rulings and her opponent, Kevin Alvarez, by all things that I've heard, um, is a great guy. Uh, the Dempsey right. campaign dug up tweets from like 14 years ago where he quoted a rap song and decided to call him a misogynist and a racist because of it. But hmm. um, it's clearly a smear campaign, um, in my opinion. And even, unfortunately, even if it isn't, um, the standards of the like lesser evil, you know, play a huge thing in this case. And we can always vote Al Alvarez out later, but Dempsey has to go now because she is, she's destroying lives. Um, and I think, you know, somebody can be misogynistic 14 years ago, but if they're, if they're, if their actions show something different over the course of time, then you can believe it, you know, not to get off on a, a tangent. I've been asking people 
you know, if there's three people left in the world, you, Joe Biden and Donald Trump, who are you going to run to to save your life? And people are telling me they'd rather commit suicide than vote for Joe Biden. And when I ask them why, I'm getting things like, well, he's touchy and touchy feely and hasn't hasn't really apologized for it. But I ask them, have he, has he been doing that ever since? And they say, well, no. And I say, well, then his actions say that he learned his lesson. Maybe we should support. He, he has better support around him. So, I mean, I mean, you know, I don't know, a dumpster fire. I would vote for a dumpster fire over Trump. But what I'm saying is like, that's it's not equivalent. There's no equivalency there. And I wanted to get that out somewhere that even if you don't like Joe Absolutely. Biden, if he's not progressive enough, he's not a dumpster fire. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. I can absolutely agree to that. I, I will say that I do, like, I will vote for Joe Biden with, like, a barf bag next to me, but um, <laughs> but because there is no equivalency, um, and that is true, but what I will say is that I think that people who are more centrist and more moderate in the Democratic Party would do themselves a favor by helping progressives to shift the party left and to promote more progressive policy. Because what I have heard from moderates and centrists is that at the same time that they blame Bernie people and independent voters for Clinton losing, because it's our fault, they also, when we say, well, why can't we have Medicare for all? Why can't we have Green New Deal? Why can't we have human rights? They say, well, you're not enough of a voting block for us to change our policy. So how can we simultaneously have tanked on the election, but not be enough of a group to listen to? And the thing is, is that, um, I don't know if you ever watched, uh, or if you ever saw this article, but they released a, um, a map of how the um, electoral college would look if only millennials and uh, Gen Z voted. And basically the entire country was blue, minus like four states. <laughs> Like, and so that's what I'm saying. It, it's common, like, it's common sense stuff that the progressives are. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I tell racists, if you want a civil war, don't you want to have health insurance for that? You know, get Medicare for all. <laughs> it's a human right. Like, and, and, and it's in, you know, by far millennials and Gen Z are more progressive than any other generation. And finally, millennials are old enough to run for office, and we are. Yeah. And that's what you're seeing in this election is that. We're, we finally, and after like the economy like screwed us over so badly, we have our careers and lives together enough mm -hmm. to be able to run for office. And most of Gen Z is old enough to vote for us. In 10 years, even the youngest millennials, me, like me, will be old enough to run for office and all of Gen Z will be able to vote. The party is changing yeah. and the party is a, going to be a progressive party. Maybe not this election cycle, but yeah. by 2030, we'll have it. Oh, definitely. And they, the centrists and moderates need to. Once AOC is the speaker and Nancy's gone, this is going to be amazing. Absolutely. Man. <laughs> imagine, imagine a Congress full of people like AOC. Man, I could dream of it. One of my one of my favorite people is Ilhan Omar. I just, I love yes, her. And the more people that her. bash her, the more I just love her. You know what I mean? I love her. She's great, and like people like her. All like all five of those women, they're yeah. great. Katie Porter, um, and they're all, Anna Presley, they're just freaking amazing mm -hmm. to me, you know? And they're all part of this millennial, um, younger movement. And, yeah. you know, we're not children. We are adults with careers and houses and mortgages and children ourselves. Um, yeah. And we are changing the Democratic Party. 
and the Democratic Party needs to shift further left because the reason we have a fascist in office is because the moderates and centrists have compromised with fascism. Yeah. And yeah, they make this false equivalency to where the worst mm-hmm. on the right is equal to the centrist on the left, you know, and it's, it's not, it's just not true. It's not true. And yeah, we need to be pulled further that direction. You know what I mean? Exactly. I'm no longer going to compromise with fascism and no. there are millions of people just like me. You shouldn't. And the false equivalency was that Hillary Clinton was as evil as Donald Trump. And that just was not true. And the fact that that, that's not true. the fact that people believed that just tells me that people aren't thinking for themselves. They're believing attack ads over the stuff like this. And so if we can yes. get people to, to know the candidates before they're attacked, then they won't believe that there's a there's a theory called firehose theory where donald trump spits out twenty thousand lies but he's the first to talk about it so when somebody comes Mm -hmm. comes back they don't believe anything else because they've heard it from him first but the 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 cure for that is called the raincoat theory where we spit truth at them faster and then when they hear it from him they don't believe him they believe us And so that's what we're going to do across the country. (laughs) Absolutely. And, and you're right. It's not just, it's not just a problem. You know, it's a problem within the left too, because, you know, people have felt so disenfranchised by moderate and centrist Democrats who have compromised, you know, with fascism and with Mm -hmm. racism and with like, you know, arguably Bill Clinton did more to harm the black community with his um, crime bill than, you know, Uh, Ronald Reagan did, but at least Democrats can be pulled to a different side. We have seen the side that Republicans can be pulled to, and that is the side of fascism. And if Democrats want to create a better tomorrow, then they need to allow themselves to be pulled left, and they need to shift left in the way that the progressive movement is taking this party, and they need to give people human rights. Medicare for all is a human right. This is. is not a political debate. It's a human right. Yeah. And recently there was a, a pharmaceutical rep that I've been trying to get on. He's a whistleblower. And he explained that he was behind the, the promotions to denounce Canada's healthcare system as bad. And he's the guy that invented that. You're going to have to wait months to see a doctor and you're going to get crappy healthcare. It's not true. <laughs> it's just not true. Can't, Canadians are happy nope. as fuck with their healthcare. You know what I mean? It's just... Mm-hmm. we're going into debt because of student loans and healthcare bills and it's ridiculous. And now with COVID it's a pre-existing condition for 4 million people and growing and they're never going to be able to get life insurance or healthcare. They're going to have long-term long-term issues because of this. And it's, we need healthcare for all so that we can invest in, in, in these advancements in medicine, you know, Absolutely. And, you know, I don't throw this word around lightly, but as you know, as you were saying earlier, there really is this divide and it's a, it's a class divide. And the type of people who cannot afford health care are people of a lower class. And if you are refusing to give health care to people during a global pandemic, that is a genocide on poor people. Right. And it's that simple. And if we can't afford and, good health care, we can't afford good food, which makes our health even worse, you know? Exactly. People talk in history books about leaders who have deliberately created famines um, and how those and, and how that can be considered a genocide. 
Yeah. I think that if we don't give people healthcare, that we will go down in the history books of, ha- of having allowed a genocide to happen to lower class citizens in America. And around the world. Yeah, Sorry. absolutely. Well, yeah, that too. It's a a global thing. Sorry, I just switched to my my Mexico philosophy of borders, and I hate the border. You know what I mean? And so, I absolutely. I believe my friend says that we're trying to keep the evil out, but I believe that we are letting the evil grow in Mexico by having a border. That if we didn't, we could take care of that. They could come here, go there. Nobody from Mexico wants to be here. They want to be home. They want to be working at home. And I think I think people migrate like the weather and stopping them because of a stupid line in the sand just bugs, bugs me. It just bugs me. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, and especially but, if we're so like economically tied to Mexico anyways, we might as well just make it a state. Exactly. That's what I say. It, it's anyway. That's a tangent. I appreciate you being yeah. here very much, Sierra. Of course, of course. Thank you for inviting me. This is exciting. Okay, good. I hope to do this more. I'm. I'm. You're involved. In, you're involved in a lot of stuff. So I mean, we'll just we'll get this going. It's worth doing. Yeah. Yeah. We'll. we'll we can keep this up. Keep the conversations up. Um. Just everybody remember to vote. Um, I think early voting starts on the third. It ends on the 15th. Um, voting day is the 18th. Um, I will say that be careful going to the polls. Um, we do not have as many people able to work it because of coronavirus. And Mm -hmm. if you do have your mail-in ballot and, um, you're considering going in person, consider voting by mail, but also make sure that your signature um, you know what your signature is supposed to look like because um, right. they are throwing away ballots of people whose signature does not match. And um, don't quote me on this because I'm just remembering a fact. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have it in front of me, but um, it has been younger people whose ballots have been being thrown out, da- thrown out because, you know, maybe they registered when they were 18, when they like dotted their eye with a heart. And, right. uh, you know, now that they're like 30, their signature does not look the same. Um, that is crazy. So check with, check on your signature. And that's um, by and large a southern issue. Just, to, just I don't have a fact on that either, but it it really does seem like that. And get it in early because the post office is being slowed down purposely because of this these mail in ballots. Mm-hmm. So make sure you get it early and send it in early, and check to make sure that it's been received. You can also drop it off at your local SOE um, at the office themselves. Um, I love that. I want want to know where that is because we should be sending people there. We should be having vans picking the stuff up and bringing it there. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Um, And I think some, some people, I think, I think it's being considered. Um, So I'll let you know um, what I hear on that. But um, I do think that I I do think that is being considered by several campaigns um, to offer to pick up ballots for people. That would be Um, sealed ballots, sealed ballots, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Good. Sealed ballots. Um, Sealed and stamped. Well, no, they don't even need to be stamped. You don't need a stamp. Um, No. Do they? Yeah. Thank you for being here. We'll end it. We'll end it there because there, we could go on all day talking about issues. I, I'm almost sure. Okay. Of that. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about in your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive and that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans, like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secured Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details.